Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, episode 21. Today is November 12th, 2018. Uh, we've been on a bit of a break lately to catch up with our lives and our non-podcast related matters we had to attend to, but we're back just in time for the international break, so get ready for some interesting stories, mediocre analysis of recent domestic leagues in the Champions League, and of course, hot guys. In classic uh, Own Goal fashion, we came back from our break just in time for an international break. Uh, but first... To the byline. It's in! It's an odd goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. Got no chance really the keeper. Astonishing. So I just want to say the support that I have received for my bid for the vice presidency of U.S. soccer has been outstanding. Uh, we have to submit our letters of rec in a few weeks. I already have received one from Eric and one from a very loyal fan of the podcast, our, our boy Nick. Nick, thank you very much. Potentially the biggest fan of the podcast. And now uh, I just need one more. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want me to be your... Uh, the vice president of U.S. soccer, you know, write me that rec. But and you, enough and, of a personal plug. <laughs> Speaking of personal plugs, I can't wait to get to the the next little bit. Um, <laughs> some 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 great quotes from Brazilian Ronaldo, aka Fat Ronaldo, aka the OG Ronaldo. Uh, apparently, uh, Fiorentino Perez wanted Ronaldo to be more like Louis Figo and and like not go out and party. And in classic Fat Ronaldo response what was the take donnie uh fat ronaldo's response was if i had a wife at home like figo's i would stay home too <laughs> and let me tell you something louis figo's wife wow wow i just that's all one word just wow uh what's the cr7 segue uh cr7 while we've been gone he basically in an interview said that the reason he left real madrid is because of florentino perez which is like oh yeah well we all which we all suspected it all i mean everyone knew that but i like that he finally said it i mean isn't it the same reason that zidane left <laughs> isn't that just the you either leave because of florentino perez or he fires you i feel like those are the only two options yeah 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 um speaking of uh more uh back to brazilian ronaldo so pato former uh, he's a brazilian striker he used to play for ac milan when he arrived, he noted he was 17 years old and he arrived at AC Milan. He's in the locker room. Brazilian Ronaldo hands him a porn magazine and says, you can either be in my group or Kaká's religious group. And the, uh, there's actually some more detail into that that quote. Apparently he pointed over at Kaká who was at his locker and there's like a bunch of uh, Christian religious symbols all hanging. Like, you know, He's got like a, a cross and a picture of the Virgin Mary. And it's just very, you know, very, very dedicated in, in his uh in his faith but it's yeah it's really funny to have that comparison um also just imagine being a young 17 brazilian uh and and you know your legend ronaldo uh walks up to you and also your boy ronaldinho wants to go out drinking every night it's amazing that pato even had a semi-successful career as a milan striker in those and days. I, you know it's i will say pato's just one of those guys where it's just on the injury bug with him was just so unfortunate it yeah. was just so unlucky. Um, the uh, the fabled Milan medical staff could could only do so much. 
And a uh, big clash he had with uh, Max Allegri, uh, who basically ruined his career. Classic Max Allegri doing Max Allegri things. Um, <laughs> speaking of... Speaking of nothing, this is just weird. <laughs> this, is, Alves, this is what we call a non-sequitur. That, uh, that uh, working with Pep Guardiola is better than sex. And uh, Eric, what did Pep say in response to that? Here's what... I want you guys to listen to the wording of the quote. Because I think the wording is actually very important. I prefer the sex. <laughs> Not saying he prefers sex. He's saying he specifically prefers the sex. Which makes me think, not that there's anything wrong with it, that he prefers the sex with Danny Alves. I just think that, like, I couldn't imagine anything more uncomfortable than having the sex talk from Pep Guardiola. I feel so bad for his kids. Because he doesn't, there's no way he delivers that talk well. There's just no way. You know it in your heart. <laughs> um... um. But so, what's, what's with Danny Alves and these weird like like th- like comments that he's either he's either part of or in like Buffon talking about showering with Danny Alves and definitely looking at his penis and now saying that he would prefer to work with Pep Guardiola than have sex. Well, I think you know as his career is kind of entering the twilight and he's getting old as fuck. I think he's just trying to make himself relevant. <laughs> and the and like you know what's the saying? Sex sells, man. Because <laughs> 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 just... I mean, look. He, the thing about it, it's working because he talks about this stuff and it's like the first thing you and I talk about. You know about. what? The media, as in you and myself, are discussing Danny Alves. And if it weren't for these these last couple of stories, we never would have brought him up on this podcast. No chance. Um, the Chelsea's former manager, Antonio Conte, is suing Chelsea to get the rest of his salary. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's he's like contracted it and he hasn't taken yeah. another... He hasn't taken another job, which means you know, even if there's a clause about only paying, yeah, like I'm pretty sure he should win this one. Yeah, I know he had a chance to take another job. It's pretty widely reported. It's never been officially confirmed, but it's pretty well believed that uh, Real Madrid offered him the job before they went to their uh, former Argentinian player and kind of their youth team B team coach, kind of with Zidane Santiago Solari, who just got the appointment. He was supposed to be just an interim manager, but he's had the best start by uh, a Real Madrid coach ever, including Zidane Zidane in his first four games. And so they're uh, filing paperwork right now, Real, to make it a permanent, make him the permanent manager. I mean, after they got shit-pumped in El Clasico, La Partegui had to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not his fault. Nobody was going to coach a Ronaldo-less Real with Zidane just leaving well. Like, I think any pretty much anyone was doomed to fail considering they brought no firepower in. Yeah, um, that's very true. Uh, really, the, the, the Lepetegui, which I know I just butchered that, um, kind of flame out, makes me wonder if he had stayed at Spain during the World Cup, do we think Spain would have performed any better? Or, or do you kind of think that we would have gotten that Spain performance regardless of, of, of if they had their, their go-to manager or not? I think we have had that Spain performance, right? Regardless, I think the Spain manager just tells his players to kind of do their thing and they just keep the ball forever and hope they eventually score yeah. by dribbling it in. Yeah. Uh, um, so speaking of contracts, actually, Mbappe's contract demands were leaked and some pretty interesting provisions. A couple of them he got and then a few of them he didn't get. So, <laughs> so one of the ones that I find most fascinating is that, and PSG gave him this, he demanded 30,000 euros a month for his personal staff. Yeah, which is kind of a baller move. Um, if if this was a contract negotiation with like you know say Monaco his his club before, 
or or you know any kind of like not as massive um, of a of a club as PSG, I would probably be a little uh, annoyed by it. You know, it's kind of like you're you're gutting the club. Uh, but the fact that it's PSG, they have the money to spare. Uh, he knows he's 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 worth way more than what he even brings to the, the actual soccer field, which is already immense. I actually respect the move. You know, it's one of those things where if he, if, if this was like Dimitri Payet, you know, requiring something like this to stay at West Ham, I'd be like, that's kind of a dick move, Dimitri, because like they can't afford that. But I think all everything falls in line for this. You know, I get it. And well, then other reasons I like it is I don't know this for sure, but I have a feeling that his personal staff is probably his boys that he grew up with. Oh yeah, like yeah. his like entourage. So, like I think this money is just like he's making sure PSG's taking care of his boys that he come came up with, and I, I like that a lot. And like he doesn't, have, it's not him paying them, right? Which would would definitely add to some kind of weird power dynamic. Like when you become a super rich lawyer and you have to pay me to be your butler because that's the only way we're going to be able to interact in the same social circles, it's going to create a really weird uh, uh, power vacuum dynamic. Don't worry, buddy. I'll make sure my law – when I renegotiate my contract, I'll make sure my law firm gives me a, an allowance for my personal staff. You'll be taken care of, bud. Um, he also asked for 10 million euros a year across five years and a 5 million uh, euro signing bonus. He got that. Now, let's talk about some of the provisions he didn't get, including one provision that I think should be in every soccer contract. Is the one that should be in every soccer contract. Well, I'm looking at the, the next three, and I, I think the one that you that you think should be in every soccer contract is wanting your dad to be able to attend training sessions. <laughs> I'd like my dad just to go anywhere with me, honestly. <laughs> but, um, no, he, he asked that if he became, if he won the Ballon d'Or, he automatically becomes PSG's highest-paid player. And I actually think that that should be a standard contract with every club. Like, I think that if you win the Ballon d'Or, meaning, you know, supposedly meaning that you're the best player in the world or, and realistically meaning you're definitely one of the top five best players yeah. in the world, then you're definitely you the should best definitely be the highest paid guy on your team. Um, now, this is how you know I would not run a good club. Uh, if that's in, in my uh, one of my players' contracts and they win the Ballon d'Or, I'm immediately gutting everybody else's uh, pay so that that person's still the highest paid person, but getting no extra money. <laughs> Dude, you're doing them dirty. <laughs> um, so that didn't make it into the contract, which just makes me think that PSG knew there was a huge chance that Mbappe was going to win Ballon d'Or. You know what, what else? And I actually didn't – I like that provision. I, I like your point of view. I didn't think it was going to make it into the contract because I really think it's going to happen. And – Think about the fucking hissy fit Neymar would throw if he wasn't the highest paid player in his team. That's like, I know. He, the only thing he has is that he's the highest paid. He's not even the best player on his team no. right now. Um, the one that they said no that I kind of thought they would say yes just because to them what the fuck is, is money. He wanted 50 hours of access to a private jet uh, each year. And like, I like that. I, I like that he asked for that. Yeah, yeah. I I was kind of thinking, you know what? Maybe they, they shoot down the 50, but give him 20 or 25 or something. Uh, Mbappe, your, your agent could have done better. Let us know. We, we will help you out. Yeah, Mbappe would love to represent you, man. Really big fans. This is a very pro-Mbappe podcast. So pro-Mbappe. So um, Mbappe's, you know, a young 19-year-old player. So speaking of youth, Eric, your favorite topic. Dude, what is your, what is your like, dedication to having these, like, like transitions? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, uh, I watched a TED Talk about podcasting. <laughs> I think I took it too literally. I'm just kidding. I've never watched any sort of TED Talk before. Um, I call bullshit on that. I swear I've never watched a TED Talk. Um, you're missing out, man. Enlightenment. No, nah, it's called reading books. <laughs> There's a book on TED Talks. <laughs> uh, Everton got in trouble for offering improper benefits to a youth player's family. So now for the next two years, they can't sign players age 10 to 18. And on top of that, they got a half a million dollar pound fine. Half a million pound fine. Yeah, I don't think you have a dollar pound fine. Uh, so my, my cursor was, was on the word fine, and it looked like fire for a second. which made me <laughs> a lot more concerned. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think the fine is that, is that big of a deal uh, in the grand scheme of things. You know, they're not a massive club, but they're, they're big enough to, to sustain that kind of financial uh, hit. What I think is a big problem for Everton is the, the ban from signing players 10 to 18. If you look at, at Everton, they do a pretty good job of bringing in youth players, um, developing them to either play for themselves or selling them to big or medium-sized clubs across the Premier League. And I think, yeah. that, I think that's just going – we're going to see – you know, it, that won't that, – this won't affect them in two, three years – it's going to affect them in five to eight years, you know, when, when at that time these guys would be, would be getting to that 19, 20, 21, and they just don't have the talent, you know, within their own, their own youth system. Yeah, and, you know, if Everton's kind of getting knocked off for this. I wonder what the big clubs in the Premier League, I, I'm sure there are improper benefits going left and right. Oh, yeah. And, it, I mean, it, this has got to be something similar to, like, recruiting and college sports right that's what it made that's what i thought of instantly yeah i mean i think the phrasing improper benefits to players family is is stripped right out of the ncaa trying to fuck over small schools and, and let big schools like bama and ohio state get away with with murder yeah and unc oh that, that's very true never forget they had a fake class for 25 years and they got no pretty much no trouble no but they, they let they let their they let their non-athletes uh take that class too so it's all okay <laughs> oh yeah makes sense yeah we, um, we got busted for academic fraud but we allowed our non-athletes to benefit from it as well so uh before we get into our segments didier drogba retired from professional soccer which just begs the question wait he was still playing soccer so apparently he spent the last year playing with the Phoenix Rising in the USL, the United uh, US, the United Soccer League. Is that what it stands for? Sure. It is now. <laughs> uh, but hey, he did pretty good. Like, I think in 26 games, he put up 17 goals. I mean... Which just shows you how bad the quality of the USL was by like the quality, Drogba. What's the quality of the, of the competition there? It's not good. I mean, guy was a legend. He... Yeah. And it's impressive he kept playing this late. I mean, who the... F- I just can't imagine someone like Didier Drogba, you know, playing in the biggest games in the world. And then you're like, yeah, I'll go play in Phoenix for not even MLS, but but USL. And that blows my mind. Well, so the only, uh, the only move after kind of semi-pro soccer like that is college soccer. Do you think there's a chance we could get him to play for SMU? I mean, he's, he's accepted money. Oh, yeah, crap. Um, NCAA got us again. Yeah, but, like, UNC is a really good soccer program, so maybe if they go after him, they'll they'll just... <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of SME soccer, shout-out to our boys for uh, winning their conference tournament and ensuring that they'll be in the NCAA Back-to-back to back conference tournament champions. Yeah, regular season and conference tournament, back-to-back. Back. Hell, yeah. 
Uh, great shout out. Moving on to our, our first segment, the ever so popular, mostly by just me and Donnie, uh, hot guy of the week. Never mind. I was going to tell a hot guy story from this weekend, but I know you're just going to edit it out, so I'm not even going to bother. Uh, so my hot guy of the week is without a doubt has to be the slightly less attractive version of Ryan Gosling, which still makes you pretty damn attractive, Harry Kane. Because his brace in the Champions League is the only reason Tottenham have a shot at making it to the knockout round. So, uh, didn't he also and score? he's really been carrying them most of the season. Didn't he also score in their... Uh... Not in their most recent oh, one over the weekend the, this that. weekend, but I think the previous that. one he scored. He scored the winner in the one before that. Also, yeah. very important, he tweeted today, he had his first ever uh, golf round under par. Damn. So, good job, Ari. Yeah, I, I always like it when our Hawkeyes of the week like putting balls in holes. Uh, <laughs> All right, moving on to, uh, to my, uh, my Hawkeye of the week. Um, oh, that is not who I thought you were going to take. I know. I, took a, I, I, I was going a little, little out there, but our boy, uh, the, the forgotten one, which blows my mind that he's actually like not even thought about um, when it comes to PSG. But this weekend in a, a clash against Monaco, who, if you guys have followed League Ew at all, you'll know that last couple of years, Monaco has been the, the biggest challenge to, uh, to PSG. Well, PSG ship pumps them 4 nothing off of a hat trick from Edison Cavani. And there, I, I, I wanted to use this to elevate um, a, a, a debate and an argument that's really close to my heart. And it's like uh-huh. some people don't believe Edison Cavani is hot. And like, sure, he might not have like the, the, the classy James Bond in a tuxedo look, but this guy has the primal just like build of an aesthetic as fuck caveman. And I, and I wanted to use this moment to really elevate Edison Cavani in his claim of, his being, of being a hot. Also, look at that flow. He's got some awesome lettuce. Dude, just his, like, yeah, he's not, like, a pretty boy, but, like, his bod is fucking unreal. Dude. Yeah, and he's, like, scary. Like, 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 he's scary but still attractive, which I think is why a lot of people default to he's not hot. Who did you, uh, who did you assume I was going to take? Honestly, I thought you were going to take your boy Marcus Royce after he fucking hit the brakes yeah. to beat Byron. Here's, I'm shocked. Here's the thing. I don't think Royce is that attractive. He's so pale. He's so pale. His 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 face is also kind of like mousy, kind of rodenty. Yeah, like I I, I, I I love Royce. He really is my boy. But looking at Cavani, he's just aesthetic. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got just a great body. I mean, those nips, man. He's just always <laughs> teasing with those nips. He would look terrifying in those tight Arsenal jerseys. Oh God! Yeah. But you know what's even more terrifying? He makes regular jerseys look like tight Arsenal <laughs> yeah. jerseys. That's just pecs of a Greek guy. Oh, right I, I will say this. I'm going to have to give an honorable mention to Ronaldo. Because the, the goal he scored in the Champions oh, League yeah. Yeah. was unreal. His, the technique to score that coming behind your body first time on the volley. And then the ab celebration. <laughs> that, that was that was. Filth. That was in itself just a hot celebration. Yeah, it, it, so that's that's my honorable mention for the week. Yeah, 
Uh, also, one of my coworkers might be listening to this this episode as the first episode they check out, and now I'm just terrified of <laughs> facing them afterwards. Um, all right, moving on to our newest segment and, and potentially my favorite one. Uh, hard to to beat out Hot Guy of the Week, but here we go. Aptitude test, and I'm kicking off this one with uh, one of my old favorites, Carlos Bocanegra. What would he be? if he were not a, a soccer player? And I actually have an answer after yours. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I see Carlos Bocanegra as like a Goldman Sachs guy, like a, oh. one, of, one of those fucking like Wolf of Wall Street financial guys who's just like railing cocaine off of like strippers' tits and just like making millions of dollars. I went like, to- I just see him as like an absurdly insane like Wall Street guy, honestly. So I took it in the complete opposite direction. And I see him as like your stereotypical like like a uh, fireman firefighter. Oh, that's a good one. Um, especially you know re- moving up the ranks, becoming like 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 captain or chief. I don't really know how fireman rankings work. Uh, but but the leader of the group, you know, leading his men into a very attacking offensive situation and and bringing people out to safety. Also, he just has the like he has the build for a firefighter. Like he, he no, could, yeah. Like he, I just see he could no, pick he could pick you and me up and carry us out. I told I like that. I just like you know I like I think of him like just like in a suit, just like making these cru- like making crucial business decisions, like always going with his gut instinct and always being right and, and like trusting and, himself. And yeah, and, yeah. His 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 judgment and being able to lock things down. Exactly. I think like I think we both kind of took that same quality and we just went different directions. Yeah. But even as a firefighter, he'd still absolutely be mm-hmm. crushing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Uh, so, okay, I'm glad you picked something American soccer related because so did I. Nice. But uh, mine is not as fond as oh, yours. Oh, no. <laughs> Bruce Arena. I was really hoping you were going to team me up with Landon Donovan because I would have said a Mexican <laughs> soccer fan. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Bruce Arena, if he was not a you know soccer related personality... Oh God, he would be Ted Cruz's like go-to political chief consultant, <laughs> without a fucking doubt. So, uh, my uh, take on Bruce Arena is when like you're, when your house burns down and you need to go to like your insurance company, <laughs> like what the heck clearly in your policy, he's the guy who presses the denied stamp and tells you to fuck off. <laughs> I think we were both just taking our negative thoughts of Bruce Arena, our accurately negative thoughts of Bruce Arena, the the that look he makes with like his face most of the time, and and just associating that to what you were saying with the being a horrible person and telling people to go fuck off when they've lost their their life saving life savings and stuff. And I was just thinking about that face reminds me of the Ted Cruz face. Oh no, I totally see that. Like I, that was like a really good one. I really like that. The the other option is. There wasn't one Zodiac killer. There were two. Oh, that would be a mindfuck. Yeah. Great movie, by the way, Zodiac. Oh, it's so good. Jake Gyllenhaal's best movie, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely not Prince of Persia. <laughs> I think only <laughs> you've seen that movie. Uh, so with that, let's talk about the uh, Champions League, man. We're getting, we got two games left after this at the group stage. It's getting uh, pretty tight here. Yeah, and um, going from... Well, never mind. I tried. I was trying to do one of your transitions, and and I just had to back out beforehand. 
Um, See, at least you had the wherewithal to back up. Once I'm in it, I'm <laughs> in it. Like, I go with it, even if it doesn't make any sense. Bad start for Thierry Henry. Bad week for Monaco. Oh. Second, second shit pumping, and this one not at the hands of PSG, but at the hands of Club Bruges. Also, yeah. if you haven't seen the movie In Bruges, watch it. It's phenomenal. Um, noted. Yeah, no, that was pretty rough. I mean, 4-0, oi. I mean, I bet Henri was just itching to get out there and teach his guys how to score a goal. Jesus Christ. Um, also, does that eliminate Monaco? Yeah, there's, it's there's impossible what, there's, two, there's, there's two games left, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they're at one point, which means the best... That, yep, they're done. Uh, but, I will, Atletico found their manhood, and they delivered Dortmund's first uh, defeat in any competition, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was... Uh, and and it was I think what two two nothing defeat. Uh, yep. Solid performance by by Atletico. I think it would have been foolish to assume that after the shellacking Dortmund gave them just like a week or two prior that they weren't going to have have a better response. Uh, it was surprising to see how well they played. And um, you know what? It's a interesting group with both of them at nine points and and Bruges standing back at four. I'm very, very certain that Dortmund and Politico will move through, but curious to see who ends up on top. Yeah, and you actually, Eric, you had Atletico and Monaco going through. I have our little list here. I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> okay, cool. I just to be to fair, that was before group. Monaco uh, brought in Thierry Henry. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Didn't realize that that would make such a difference in your astute. Uh... Yeah, I didn't realize that either, but apparently it does. <laughs> So, yeah, so um, basically Dortmund and Atletico are on nine points. Dortmund has the edge on goal difference with Bruges in four. So uh, I have a good feeling that Dortmund and Atletico will get through. It'll just be interesting to see what order, especially because they don't pay, play each other anymore. Yeah. Group with B, that, we can go to Group B, B. And I think you alluded to this earlier in your hot guy of the week, uh, hot guy Harry Kane with a, a brace to deliver a 2-1 victory over PSV. Uh, you know, Really, really critical for Tottenham to get these points. I don't really think... I think it's too little too late, honestly. Um, and and that second game was Inter and Barcelona. 1-1 uh, draw, and we talk about him almost every week. Icardi is just a really good... He, he's clearly the best player Inter has. And he, dude, that he is scary past the 85th minute. That yeah. dude is going to score. I know. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. So in that group, you got uh, Barca on 10, Inter on 7, Tottenham on 4, PSV also officially eliminated. So, so yeah. Uh, well, really? I guess if Inter lose both their it, games. Yeah, if Inter lose both games and PSV win uh, both but games. What I'm saying is if Inter gets one point out of yeah. a possible six. Yeah. So not officially eliminated, but eliminated. Yeah, they're elim- they're out. Uh, we're, we're putting the Bruce Arena denied stamp on PSV's uh, <laughs> Champions League. Uh, yeah, just like he denies so many poor old widows from getting insurance money. God. Uh, and, and then he goes in and uh, advises Ted Cruz. Anyway, yeah, all, all, all while making sure the U.S. doesn't call for a World Cup, <laughs> mind you. He's really good at, at tearing down dreams. Um, I, Like I said, I, I don't think Tottenham are going to make it through this group still. I think it's it's Barcelona and Inter. And I believe that was those were the two I had selected. God, I hope those are the two I had selected. That is definitely the two you selected. Uh, I picked Barca and Tottenham, so Tottenham has a lot of work to do to make my prediction come true. I mean, they, they enter Tottenham play each other, and uh, a Tottenham victory could 
you know, turn the tides. Yeah, but Tottenham has to play Barca again, and then Inter gets PSV. Yeah, I, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good, man. Not great. Uh, a group C, what a group. What a group. Whoa. Red Star Putin. Red fucking Star Putin, Belgrade. These guys from playing in fucking Russia beat Liverpool. Everyone wants to suck Jurgen Klopp's dick. By the way, has spent 400 million pounds in three years. Doesn't have a single fucking trophy. Thank you very much. Lost to Starp zero. Two zero. Thank you, Milan Pavkov. I don't know who you are, but I fucking love you. You had a brace. I will fucking kiss you on the lips. I don't know who he is either, but I looked him up earlier, and it was a shame that he wasn't more attractive because that's, <laughs> that's who I wanted for Hot Guy of the Week. Oh, wait. He's not good looking. Never mind, Milan. I will not kiss you on the lips. I thought if your name was Milan, you would just be good looking. No, nah, I thought like that was a fair assumption. Look up Milan badly. He's not that good looking. Oh, good call. Um, but <laughs> it was shocking. Uh, and then there is Napoli and PSG 1-1 draw. This group is fascinatingly tight. It is. I mean, oh, God damn it. Yeah, it's tight. Um, Napoli on six points. <laughs> Liverpool on six points. PSG on five points. Red Star at four points. Two games to play. Anybody could go through. Anyone and could be eliminated. Anyone can go through. Weren't we kind of like pretty certain that Red Star was going to be at one or zero points at this point in the... Uh... And the, the competition. So for them to be at four, I think, is, is shocking in a, in a really awesome way. I don't know how this one's going to play out, honestly. You predicted PSG 1, Liverpool 2. I predicted Liverpool 1, PSG 2. Nothing would make me happier than for Napoli, Napoli and PSG and, to go through and Liverpool not to be there. Or, I would love it. And this one won't happen, but what if, and just, just believe with me for a second, Donnie, what if it was Napoli 1, Red Star Putin 2? <laughs> That would I would fucking love that too. Well, wait, well, oh, Mbappe. Mbappe and Buffon would make me sad, but it would be balanced out and exceeded by the joy I would get from watching Neymar crash out. <laughs> yeah, that dude's never gonna win a Champions League without being teammates with Messi. By the way, <laughs> him and Pep Guardiola have that in common. I'll tell you what. All right. Um, so Group gonna, D. I was gonna say speaking of Pep Guardiola, but but that's Group F. So Group D. Uh, there's a transition for you. We had a, a couple chip pumps just overall in, in this uh, this week. Another one being a Porto Locomotive, Moscow. Uh, Porto 4-1 chip pumping. Yeah, you can actually... Call, Locomotive Moscow can be called the Putin train team, by the way. So just Putin train. Yeah. Um, That's like a... Porto, that, sounds like, that sounds like a, a very, very like nasty and possibly illegal sex act in Russia. The Putin train. I don't think any sex acts are illegal in Russia, just as long as you're not a homosexual. <laughs> and that's not an opinion that I hold of the no, podcast. Host. That's, that's an opinion that's, that Russia. Holds. That's like Russia is very, very, very anti-gay. I, I, I want to clear that. Yeah. I mean, I talk about a lot of hot dudes. You guys know where I stand on that. <laughs> uh, and then another stunning upset: the best Shalka. team, the best team in the best league, lost. Beat Galatasaray. No, the best team in the best league lost. Yeah. Yeah, Galatasaray, who uh, last year's champions of the Turkish Superliga, which scientifically is the best league in Europe. Like, scientifically speaking, don't get yes. mad. It's just it's just math. Lost to Shaka two nothing. And you know what's even you know what's even worse? Like it's a bad look for Galatasaray. Really bad look for own goal podcast. 
We both have Galatasaray <laughs> going through number one in the group. <laughs> and they're third. They have so much work to do. Who do you have second? You have Porto second? I have Porto and you have Schalke. Yeah. So right now the standings are Porto with 10, Schalke with 8, Galatasaray with 4, and uh, the Putin train at 0. Uh, you can say the Putin train has been unable to leave the station. Yeah. Which I think is also uh, code for erectile dysfunction. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it works. Well, next time, next time I have a girl in the bedroom, I can say, sorry, sweetheart, my Putin train just won't leave the station. Yeah, that'll be a surefire way to get her out of the room. Uh, dude, do you have a surefire way to get them into the room? So going on to Group E, yeah, I, I let them know that I, uh, I'm a almost semi-not-unsuccessful podcaster. Oh, yeah. I'd just be like, hi, Donnie Ma. It's good to meet you. I'm one half of Own Goal Podcast. <laughs> Renowned reporter. Uh, group E, we got... Uh, this, this group is nothing for me, honestly. Dude, uh, this group is just so... Okay, it's, we'll just get it through it real quick. Benfica and Ajax tied 1-1. whoop fucking do And Bayern beat Greasy Athens 2-0 with a Lewandowski brace. Bayern at 10, Ajax at 8, Benfica 4, Athens at 0. All right, I'm glad that group's over. Now yeah. to Group F, where Leon and Hoffenheim fought to a very entertaining 2-2 draw, by all accounts. Yeah, I feel like Hoffenheim has gotten so close several times in this uh, in this group, just to, like having good results, but they continuously, sh- you know, just come up that much short. I think in other groups outside of the uh, uh, outside of the, the two, I think really difficult ones, the uh, groups B and C, which are the Tottenham Inter. Uh, Barca, and then the Napoli, PSG, and Liverpool. I think any, uh-huh. of, any of these other groups, uh, Hoffenheim could really compete for second place, but they're just struggling. I mean, they're only three points out of second right now, uh, but Man City on nine points, Lyon on six points. Just think yeah, they're a little, they're a little, little, Yeah, they're a little outclassed. Uh, Man City just pulled Shakhtar's fucking pants down. Oh, my God. It was a... It was a fuck fest if I've ever seen one with a just six nil whole, whole wow. Yeah. Um. It also though, Gabby Gabriel Jesus, aka Gabby Jesus, had the uh, one of the most had a very Harry Kane World Cup esque performance, and that it was the least impressive hat trick ever. Two penalties and one open play goal. So here's the question: Was it more or less impressive than Harry Kane's? Did, it was equally did, unimpressive. Did he intentionally score his open play goal? Yes. Okay, it was more impressive then. <laughs> dude somebody else accidentally hit harry kane's back of his heel while he was running that to be is... fair harry kane didn't get a hat trick in the world cup he just had a really unimpressive golden poop. oh that's what it was, that's what it was. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you would have believed it was an unimpressive hat trick <laughs> i was ready to go um, i was ready to go with you i know uh that takes us to group g we mentioned it before that real madrid have just been an absolute unit since um that guy Santiago Solari took over. He's an Argentine, by the way. Gross. Um, he beat. They beat Pleasant Victoria. Oh, poor Victoria. Five nil. Yeah. Benzema brace, which I like. Benzema. I like that he scored. Ram- and, Ramos um, up to his uh, UCL dark arts, uh, just wrecking people. I think he uh, drew a, a, as some might describe, a pool of blood with a uh, an elbow. That are we really going to say is accident was accidental? This one was definitely 
more intentional as opposed to the Mo Salah challenge, which I really don't think was intentional. Was, it was a hard challenge. He intended to challenge him. Don't think he intended to hurt him. This I was guy, saying, I he intended to the, hurt him. His, his reputation and his body of work makes me, makes me err on, you know, basically not give him the benefit of the doubt. That's just inadmissible character evidence, sir. You yeah, cannot but use we're not propensity in for violence. We're not in court. We're, we're talking into computers about soccer that nobody is paying us to do. Own goal, own goal podcast court is now in session. <laughs> um, I, I move for a mistrial. Yeah, anything involving me is probably going to be a mistrial, let's be real. Uh, Roma beat CSKA Putin 2-1, and things are tied at the top between Real and Roma. So they're on nine points, Real the edge on goal difference. Uh, CSKA Putin's on four, and Pleasant Victoria has one point. She is officially eliminated. She is, yeah. uh, We're we're pulling out the Bruce Arena denial stamp on this one. Yes. Sorry, Victoria. I'm sorry that your husband died and your house burned down, but we will not be helping you in any way. Does it bother you that Group H is the last group that we had to wait this long to talk about like, the game I know you've been wanting to talk about since we started the podcast? No, this was all by design. Oh, is it really? So the game that we're obviously talking about is Valencia uh, beat Young Boys 3-1. Yeah, they actually pulled the Eric Gates. They had their way with Young Boys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and we're editing that one out. <laughs> they, uh, they beat them 3-1. And I, at this point, I was texting Eric and I was like, I needed the young boys to do me a f- huge favor here. The young Donnie, boys stop asking young boys to give you favors. I needed the, these young boys to give me a huge favor and beat up on Valencia, or at least tie them. And I was like, there's no way Manu's going to um, get out of the group. And then I watched the game. Someone plays a great ball to Ronaldo. He hit volleys it. Oh, like, it comes over his back, volleys it perfectly. 1-0 Juventus in the 65th minute. That's probably my over. take for a top goal of the Champions League right now. Oh yeah, it was and top and top abs of the championship. Oh league, god, right? that was did, it, did 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 that kind of piss you off a little bit? Him celebrating against no, no, because he he didn't celebrate at Old Trafford. He he was he celebrated in front of his club's home fans, and I think that was totally okay. That's, yeah, I just want to get your take. I had I had no issue with the celebration. Also, the celebration was very aesthetic. It was it was yeah, but then. Juan Mata, the Spanish wizard. Dude, he's a juicy on. free kick taker. Holy hell. I mean, I, this free kick was one of those where you just think it's, oh, if it was only a couple more yards out. Nope. 86 minute. Boom. Goal. 1-1 one, one Man U. And then, Eric, you'll appreciate this poetic justice in the 89th because it was officially changed to reflect this. We all thought it was an Alexandro own goal, but no, it's Benucci who was put off by Fellaini's presence. <laughs> <laughs> gave it a 2-1 win for Manchester United in Turin. Wow. And then, my favorite part, the whole night, the Juventus fans were taking the piss out of Josie Mourinho, and he just walked onto the field and put one hand behind his ear, and the Juve players lost it. Dude, I gotta tell you, the fucking stones it takes to do that in a place like Turin, Italy... Not the most advisable thing. Like, put it this way. If somebody like Gattuso had done that, fans would have literally overpowered the uh, stadium like police and, and just mobbed him right then and there. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, a respect for Jose that all they did was just like, you know, yell at him and try to throw things at him and not actually kidnap him, taken style. Um 
but that was that was incredible. That I, I watched that that highlight of Jose and I was like, oh my god. I fucking love Get that it. man um, get that man out of Italy immediately for his own safety, please. Uh Manu is actually in recent years, we've our last three games in the Champions League in Turin, we've won all of them. That's incredible. Yeah, a, a couple. So one of them was also in 1999. To be yeah, fair, back, that was like back when Juve was like, eh. and Manu was like, the they, shit. They were, okay. um, but were okay. that was fucking awesome. I was I was living so high off of that win. That was incredible. Just the late goals in like the in the most Ferguson of traditions, just leaving it late, and it's t- it's it's tight in this group. You got um, Juve at nine points, Manu at seven points, Valencia at five. Young boys at one with Manu and Valencia to play each other. So Manu gets a win in that game. They seal the deal. Even if they get a tie, Valencia even would have to play even, Juve and Manu gets to play yeah, Young Boys. Even a draw, I think, is really helpful for, for United. Although it would be heartbreaking to see a draw in that United-Valencia match and uh, somehow uh, United fail to beat Young Boys. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Also, I, I really... Really wish we were leading off with the Premier League. Um, I know, buddy, but you always get so mad at me for us. All, so, you know, I want to take you down to the... To you the only, the you only seem to want to do this when Milan loses. Just, <laughs> I shot it down last time because it was the uh, Milan Derby. But looks like we're starting off with Serie A, the Italian Cowboys. And um, first off, really, thanks, Donnie. Uh, second off, Juve-Milan. Juve win 2 nothing. I don't know, first 5-10 minutes. Mario Mandzukic with an early goal. Ronaldo tacked on a late one. Uh, late 80th. I, I, the, the timing's not important. Um, for for two no, 2 0 win, Iguain uh, won a handball PK, which he failed to convert. Frank Cassier is the default Milan PK taker. And right when Iguain grabbed the ball and set it down, I was like, the story would be perfect if he just failed to convert this one against his old club. And it happened. So I actually think that was that was a that right there was the most important part of the of the game. Had uh Milan scored that penalty and, and knotted up one one, I don't think they over, they had to overextend themselves and you know, late late in the match, uh making it a lot harder for Ronaldo to to, to score like he did. So uh, all in all, not as depressing as a 2-0 scoreline would show. Uh, Milan was playing without four starters, uh, including uh, starting center back Matteo Musacchio, starting center defensive mid Lucas Bilia, uh, left mid Jack Bonaventura, and right back uh, David Calabria or Antonio Conte. Take your... Andrea Conte, there we go. Take your pick. Uh, so... Brutal. Iguain red carded at the end of the game, which normally I actually would love seeing that fight and desire, but Milan's next match is against Lazio, who who is what Hey, not a problem. Uh your inaugural hot guy of the week, Patty Coutrone, can fucking steal the show now. Yeah, uh we'll see. We'll see. It was it was just tough, tough game, but at the same time. Going into it, I didn't feel great with the injuries, with the, the form that Juve was in. And more importantly, uh, Inter lost 4-1 at Atalanta. Uh, Lazio drew Sassuolo, which means Lazio is only one point clear of Milan. Lazio in fourth, Milan in fifth. 
and they play each other at the end of this international break for basically that that you know sole position of, of fourth place. So all in all, I think Milan are in a, a good place. Hopefully, get some of the players back. Uh, Napoli easily beat Genoa two one. Steady hand on on second place. It's it's not of any interest really the the champion the the, the title race in Syria, but the top four for Champions League I think is going to be very dramatic. Yeah, I agree. And with that, we go to the land of the schnitzels, to the Bundesliga, where that... Dude. Apparently that game was a hell of a game, dude, huh? That Dortmund-Bayern game may have been the most enjoyable soccer game I've watched this year. Uh, final score, Dortmund 3, Bayern 2. For the longest time, it looked like it was going to be a, an easy Bayern win. And I guess I want to preface this with, you know, days leading up to the game, what was I so excited about for this match? Not just Dortmund has a chance to extend its lead over Bayern in the, the Bundesliga race, but chance to watch, you know, Royce, Pulisic, uh, Jaimez Rodriguez, who you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of, and Renato Sanchez, who we both just like for some reason. And the, uh, the lineups are announced. <laughs> that, is, that is the best way to say that sentence. That we just both, <laughs> for some reason, we like him. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he's really fun. Like, he looks like a fun guy. The lineups are announced, and no Pulisic, no Renato Sanchez, which that one wasn't a surprise, no Jaime Rodriguez. The only player I wanted that I was looking forward to watching that was in the lineup was uh, Marco Royce. Uh, so that was a bit of a disappointment. And then Dortmund kind of were shitting the bed first half. Um, I, don't, I know that you, you kind of were, were busy and weren't able to catch all of the game, but... Royce, I was texting you, Royce not able to, you know, not wearing his shooting boots, not able to, to put it on frame. Uh, Sancho kept turning the ball over, which was making me feel very good at seeing Pulisic as a sec- early second half sub. Uh, uh-huh. And then more importantly, Lewandowski is a phenomenal soccer player, but my God, is he a little bitch boy. Somebody Huge his, little bitch boy, like a his, very big little bitch boy. Somebody his size and his quality on the ball the way he would just fall over every time somebody got near him and immediately turn and look at the ref and then bitch at the ref when not getting the call he wanted just really kept pissing me off. Uh, Well, yeah, Polish legs are usually pretty weak on German soil. (laughs) Fuck on that one, P. Hino. This is a very anti-Germany World War II podcast, even if Donnie is antagonizing the Polish right now. Um... Second half, though, Dortmund really turned it around. I thought they were far and away the better team in the second half. Uh, and Royce, you see that? You see his goal? Yeah. Holy hell. That Woo. was, I mean, it's overshadowed by the fact that Ronaldo had a had a, a, a volley over the shoulder, you know, move. But that half volley yeah. from the angle that Royce received it and where he put it was absolutely perfect. Uh, Sancho really turned it on and, and had a much better performance, which uh, removed all chances of us seeing Pulisic into the match. But really, Dortmund, I thought, just showed that they are the team to beat this season. And I love that. I love that there's a chance. You know, what, what is that now? Because uh, that game was a three-point swing. It was huge. Yeah, yeah it was massive. And especially with, with Dor- uh, Bayern leading the whole first half. And then... Uh, Dortmund tying up, and like two minutes later, Bayern taking the lead again. Something that I think is very important to note is uh, 
Bayern got punished for for how easily they went down. And I know I I, I singled out Lewandowski, and while he was the the most obvious, a lot of their players were doing it. And yeah, I mean, Arjun Robin is on that team. What yeah, do you expect? Frank Ribery too is not known for his you know Stonewall yeah. Jackson like approach to uh, to soccer. But in the final fifteen minutes, there were two or three challenges by Dortmund players that definitely were fouls. And I honestly believe the ref just didn't trust that the Bayern players weren't diving like earlier, so he just didn't call it. And I have absolutely no issue with refs playing, you know, refing that way. Even if it was my team, if my team or any team has been acting like little assholes and and trying to draw fouls early on, I think you lose the benefit of the doubt because this is not a court of law. Absolutely, I totally agree. Totally agree. If you're if you're flopping and diving around, then when you actually get fouled, don't expect to get the call. Exactly, because the whole point of flopping is to literally deceive the referee. And and so like real credit to the ref, he I think called a great game. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately we still have no Josh Sargent at the uh, Werder first team. He's traveled with the team before. He's come so close to making the eighteen. His man- Their manager is literally teasing us. He, he keeps saying like. You know, the time won't be long till Sargent's no longer with the uh, the under-23 team. And it's like, dude, just, like, shut up until until you, you let him at least suit up for the, you know, match day 23 or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm really tired of the bullshit, these, these fucking games he's playing. It's like, dude, when you come over at 12.30 a.m., there's a certain expectation. Uh, and I don't I think so. <sighs> Some people just like to cuddle. Eric, I don't have time to explain to you the the dynamics of the booty call. Eric, take us to France, please. Speaking of booty call, Pierre. Uh, (laughs) So it looks like we have one less team to track in our League Ew recap. And if you're wondering, doesn't that just leave us at one team? You would be correct. Um, Looks like Matt Miazga has fallen out of favor over at Nantes, or Nantes, whatever, whatever, however you call it. Uh, He... I may have I may have missed a game or two in my keeping up, but I haven't seen him in the lineup for the last month or two. They've also started winning or at least not losing every one of those games, so I think he's kind of out of the picture. Um, he has been training with the reserves, which is not a good sign. So as we uh, mentioned earlier, not a great start to life at Monaco for Thierry Henry. Uh, PSG ship pumped them for nothing at Monaco. And this is where we had the uh, Edison Cavani hat trick. Neymar also added a, a PK, but I think it's it's important to note that even in games where Mbappe doesn't steal the show, Neymar isn't isn't stepping up as, as the go-to guy either. Uh, Neymar, you just don't matter that much, man. Yeah, I love that. And he, I love this. I love the narrative that's happening with Neymar right now. It's, it's, it just it's it, it val- feels so good. It feels so right. Well, it's validation of what we've literally said, I think, in the first five minutes of our first episode. Yeah. And just to reiterate, anti-Neymar podcast, everybody. Big time anti-Neymar right, podcast. Take us over to Spain, man. Yeah, so um, like we said, Real Madrid under their uh, new manager – Really doing well. They beat Valladolid, 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 two zero. Probably like Valladolid. I, I don't. Valladolid, know. Valladolid. Yeah, two zero. Uh, Vincinius Junior had a goal. I know a lot of people are excited of him as a prospect. 
and Sergio Ramos had a PK, and it's so weird. Yeah, that he's their PK taker? Yeah. And again, like, they don't really have... <laughs> I mean, it should be Marcelo, but isn't he hurt? Or, or fuck, at least Benzema, shit. Tony Cruz, Modric, there's so many guys you can give it to. Ramos just wants to, like, pad up his career goal scoring no, stat. No, Ramos wants everybody to forget about the ball he literally sent into orbit. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't one. think he realizes that the more times he kicks PKs, the more times we remember that PK. Uh, Bar- Bar- Speaking of PKs, he, um, Real Madrid fought the mighty and noble Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo did me proud as they eventually succumbed to Real 4-2. Benzema with another goal in that one and another Ramos PK. It's just so weird that he takes the PKs. I just hate it. Yeah. Um, Barcelona beat Real by, by a Cano 3-2 thanks to a Suarez brace and a Dembele equalizer. Uh, they were actually down 2-1 going into the 86-87 minute. Dembele yeah. equalized, and then Suarez had a 90th minute winner. Dude, we are seeing so many late equalizing and game-winning goals like the last couple of weeks. It's yeah. been nuts. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I'd say it's been heartbreaking, but uh, Milan's been on the, benefit, the beneficiary of that as well with, you know, attacking stalwart Alessio Romagnoli, knocking in two different game-winning goals. Um, but, yeah, we've seen that across the leagues. United's won a couple uh, from those, and, and we're seeing it here. Uh, Messi returned in the weekend, but and he had a brace in that return. Yep. Unfortunately, or <laughs> I say that sarcastically, uh, not enough to overcome Real Betis, uh, who took him down 4-3. Yeah, um, Real Betis has had some results lately. And speaking um, of, of having some results lately, hasn't Leganes, like, taken points off of some of the top teams? Uh, not, yeah, they beat, they beat Barcelona a couple yeah, weeks ago. that's what, they beat Barcelona, and they followed that up this week by drawing Atletico, because, you know, once again, uh, you know, Barcelona dropped points, and we, we couldn't expect Atletico to make up all those points. No. So they dropped points as well. They did get a 3-2 win at the weekend, though, thanks to a, you guessed it, stoppage time winner from Diego Godin. I'm loving seeing, I'm loving these stoppage time winners by center backs. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Yeah, no, really, really good. Uh, and with that, I think we move on to the Premier League to wrap up the domestic league action. So Tottenham, uh, Eked out a win from Crystal Palace, 1-0. The previous week, they got a 3-2 Wolves win. So, you know, they've got 6-for-6 six six last couple of weeks. Uh, Bortmith has lost both games and has now lost three Premier League games since Eric Gates uh, heralded his support for them. Yeah. I... Arsenal have uh, slowed down a little bit. They've drawn their last two games. One, a 1-1 one, one draw to Liverpool, which is a good result, probably, uh, you know, uh, by any means. A Liverpool draw where, at least second half, they were the better team. Yeah. And then a draw against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, who have been really like surprising me in the Premier League this year with the way they're playing. Their coach is terrifying. They've, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He just looks terrifying. I'm sure he's also, not also, a nice I'm guy. I'm not sure he's a nice guy. Um, but they play they play soccer. That's that's fun to watch. I I had I had that game on my my secondary TV during the the Milan or not the well, the, the Manchester Derby. And they're just, they attack, you know, they, they open themselves up to be, to be countered, but they attack themselves, which is, which is exciting to see. 
Uh, and then Liverpool, you know, we mentioned had that draw with Arsenal and also beat Fulham 2-0, including a goal from resident unit, Sheridan Shakiri. Also, we didn't talk, talk, talk on this in the Champions League, and I, I regret it because I kind of want to call uh, Klopp out for being a bitch and leaving Jordan Shakiri home when uh, Liverpool went over to uh, Albania, was it? Yep. Because of the whole, remember the whole double eagle thing that we talked about during the, uh, the World Cup? which we 100% were cool and actually happy with uh, you know, players like Shaka and Shakiri and I think it was like Steiner using their platform to, to you know cast light on the fact that some of the stuff that, that Albania has been doing is, is pretty fucked up. Yeah, and no, I thought Klopp, that was definitely Klopp, a big bitch. Klopp wanted to leave him home because he just didn't like the idea of it. And you know what? They, they It looked like they needed Jordan Shakiri's uh, offensive spark uh, against that uh, Red Star Belgrade 2 nothing loss. I agree. Totally agree. Hey, Donnie, um, how was uh, how how has city how has city been last uh, last couple of games? Uh they dismantled Southampton six one, and that's all I have to say that Manchester City did over the last couple of weeks. Uh, moving on, Chelsea beat Palace three one, but then dropped points to Everton nil nil. Still the only undefeated team across all competitions in uh, Europe's top five leagues. Oh yeah, in all competitions, that's a good that's a, a good point. Uh, but three undefeated teams left in the Premier League as Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City have yet to some, succumb to defeat. Uh, United did their thing that they've been doing the last probably four or five games where they fell 1-0 to Bournemouth in the 11th minute. Callum Wilson scored the goal for them. And then Tony Big Dick Martial equalized 1-1. And in the 90th minute, my boy, Mark, I've loved him since he was a baby, Marcus Rashford to make it a 2-1 win for Man U. And it was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I think we're ready to talk about the U.S. men's national team now. Oh, but what was, like, the, the, the most highly touted game of the, uh, of the weekend? It was the Manchester Derby. <clears throat> yes, the Manchester Derby was this weekend. I knew United would lose. They fell behind. And we talked about this. There would be a game where they'd fall too much behind and wouldn't have time to make up for it. This was the game. They fell behind 1-0, then they fell behind 2-0. Okay. Martial put away a penalty to make it 2-1. And then, as they were pushing for the equalizer, City just dismantled us and beat us 3-1. I mean, City deserved the win. They were definitely the better team. I don't have there a was, lot to say. There, I, there was a... Comes, the, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I guess I kind of did mean to cut you off there. Um, there was a span second half of the first half which is a weird way to cut things up, I know. Uh, but, you know, near the end of the first half where I thought United looked very dangerous and uh, looked like they were pressing on on getting that 1-1 that equalizer. And then I think halftime just came a little bit too early and and out the gate, City just just put the pedal to the metal and, and was able to uh, ex, you know, expose United yeah, I mean, here's what it comes down to, man. We finished 19 points behind them in second place last year. And what? who, who did we buy? A 19-year-old right back who has not played a fucking game in the Premier League yet. Instead, we have Ashley Young as a fullback. Like, Ashley Young cannot be a right back against a team like Manchester City. He was at fault for two of the goals. Yeah. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. We bring in Fred, who also doesn't fucking play. And we bring in a third-choice goalie who's 33 years old. Like, 
What the fuck? Yeah, um, I don't know where the United board thought they were going to make up those 19 points. Yeah, I mean, it's not... See, the thing is, one of the things that made Sir Alex so great is he could stretch out the... I mean, he won a fucking Premier League title with Tom Cleverly as his starting midfielder. Tom fucking Cleverly. Are you kidding? Maybe one of the worst all-time FIFA players. Like, just like not a player you want in your FIFA lineup. Maybe one of the worst all-time <laughs> Premier League medal winners, including that Leicester team that won the Premier League. <laughs> but it's just... Mourinho doesn't do it like that, and he just has no help from the board. You know, there. You know, if I looked at the respective starting lines before the game, and I was going to build like a, if I was doing it objectively on talent, there are only two players from Man U starting eleven that I would have taken over City starting eleven. De Gea, De Gea, and Luke Shaw over Mendy. Yeah, that's the truth. Pogba would have made a difference in this game. I think Fernandinho was bullying the midfield and just bullying the players. And I think if also, we had Pogba to also, stand up to Fernandinho him, should have been on a yellow card 30, you know, 25 minutes into the game, and he wasn't, which allowed him to keep playing his... But, I mean, he had a, a harsh tactical foul that would have let, uh, was it Martial or maybe Rashford, run straight at the center backs. And he took him down from, like, the side slash behind, and the ref just blew the whistle. And I mean... You got you gotta give you gotta you have to caution for tactical fouls. That's part of the fucking like the code. Yeah. But you know It was rough. Um yeah. but it's what I expected. I don't think Manuel will finish in the top four. I don't think Mourinho will be the manager by the time the season ends, and it's just gonna be another cycle of rebuilding, honestly. But I will say I'm gonna need to address some media bias. Yeah. April, I would like to bring back to end of last season. Manchester Derby coming up. If City won it, they would have won the title. Pogba was away with the France squad, and he gets a little haircut. He, and everyone criticizes him for getting a haircut before Manchester Dar- the Manchester Derby. They say he's unprofessional. He doesn't care about soccer. How could he get a blue streak in his hair before the Derby? Because France's color is blue, first of all. But he was just getting absolutely ripped from the media. Sergio Aguero dyes his fucking hair platinum bond the week of the Derby. Nobody says a fucking thing. And I, think I mean, how, how, what else can you call that? You, well, it's either racist or it's a bias well, against me. So I, I actually was going to pivot. The uh, English soccer press is like really, really, really not questionably racist. You're saying they are racist. Like it's not even questionable that they are racist. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yes, there is. We have noted that there does seem to be some sort of uh, – the media loves to bring down not just Jose but Man, Man United as well, uh, which probably owes the fact that for so long United just dicked on everybody. And, um, and so I, I think that's part of it. But with this specific instance, I think it's more the fact that the English press is really, really unfairly harsh and critical towards, uh, towards black players than they are – other players. Yeah, it's it's sickening, it's disgusting, but and I want it to be noted that he this is a this is a player who doesn't drink alcohol, it's against his religion, and doesn't do drugs either. He also speaks like four or five languages. He's just really he's a really impressive guy. Um also I think it's important to note and, and not to make light of the situation, but I gotta add some levity here. Pogba's haircut looked good. 
Aguero's oh, yeah. is horrible. <laughs> Aguero looks so. I don't know why all these guys like just dy- like dye their hair platinum blonde, but it looks like shit. There's only one platinum blonde like hair hair job that I thought looks good. No, Brad Pitt Fight Club. No, it's not Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> I said Brad Pitt I Fight Club. Um, so I, okay, actually yes, but I think his hair is less platinum than that and just more like really really blonde. Uh, I was gonna go with Daenerys Targaryen or Amelia Clark as the actress. Oof. Like, she makes it look good. Um, but Brad Pitt also just makes pretty much any hairstyle look good, so that works too. And with that, I think uh, we can talk a little U.S. soccer before we sign things off. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It, it, it's been a while since we've had uh, you know interesting international slate, and we've got two away games coming up this you know next two weeks or so. First one is is over in Italy. Or wow, I skipped that one. First one's over in England. Yes, sir. Uh, my boy Wayne Rooney is getting called up one last time. All the proceeds of this game are going to the Wayne Rooney Foundation. People, terrible organization. People in, in England apparently seem pretty pissed off that that England's wasting a, a a game to let an old guy play instead of playing like young young players. And like it's one guy. It's a fucking friendly. He's literally a national legend. All, country's all-time top goal scorer. And, and, I mean, countries do this all the time for their... It's just... I don't know. Get off your high horse, England. You're not that... You're not that good at soccer. Sad, but true. <laughs> it hurts because it's real. Um, What do you... So, actually... And then the second... It's actually funny. You know, uh, the team that you would like to support after the United... You know, in, in European competition is England. Uh, the team I like to support in European competition is Italy, and those are the two teams that U.S. is playing, England and Italy. I think that's kind of a, a fun fun scheduling happenstance for the two of us. Yeah, no. Um, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I really like that, uh, you know, Zach Steffen was dropped to the last second, and, you're, and uh, Jonathan Klinsman was brought up, so I think that's really cool. I'm really glad that he's not being coached by Bruce Arena. That would have been really awkward. <laughs> uh, oh, I think it's not a surprise that Klinsman didn't get uh, called up to a camp while Arena was coached. Um, I, also, I, uh, and then so a couple of guys I want to highlight who are coming back into the squad are getting called up. Uh, Shaq Moore is coming back into the squad, joining that uh, defense. Love that. Um, Luca De, De La Torre from Fulham is getting called up in the midfield, but love that. Dude, I, yeah, Luke, Luca De La Torre, I remember from, like, God, what was it, six years ago now, playing in, like, the the under-20-something World Cup over in New Zealand. So, dude kind of, kind of uh, disappeared for a while, ended up at Fulham, really excited to see that. I, uh, I'm just glad, and, and I, you know, I hope I'm not using this, but... While Pulisic and McKinney haven't been playing as much for their club teams the last couple of weeks, it has kind of helped you know them show up to camp without any injuries. So there's a, a very good chance we're going to see you know guys like uh, Wea, Sargent, McKinney, Pulisic, and, and hopefully Tyler Adams all in the the field together. Yeah, a couple of call ups I'm pretty disappointed with honestly. Uh, Sebastian Leggett. Uh, Why? I'm just surprised you didn't start off with. The, the obvious of Will Trent. Well, no, I saved the worst for last. Oh, okay. uh, Darlington Nagby, why? Yeah, what is he, like 28 now? He's, 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 he's a lot older than people think he is because he didn't get into the, the U.S. fold until he was like 25, 26, I think. Um, yeah, and but, then lastly, 
Will Trap, why? You know, if you've listened to this to this podcast before, you know our, our takes on Will Trap. Um, just fucking stop it. But more importantly, we still don't have a fucking coach. Well, I think we do. Uh, Columbus Crew just got eliminated from the MLS playoffs. They asked Craig Berhalter point blank about the U.S. job, and he didn't say a fucking word, which only makes... Like, if you're not taking the job, you say no. If you're not saying a word, you know you've been talking... You've been knowing that as soon as MLS yeah. was over, you were going to talk with them, yeah. rock out a contract, make Will Trap the permanent captain of the U.S., start him every game, ruin my life, ruin soccer for me. I just I just don't know. Like, did they not learn anything from Bruce Arena? Well, That's the best MLS has, apparently. They hired him twice, so they clearly did not learn anything. I mean, obviously, once they hire Craig Bolter, I'm going to support him. I always yeah. want the U.S. to win. Uh, that goes without saying. I'd never want... My team we, to lose just to we, prove we, uh, some we, personal we, point. We even supported Bruce Arena while he was coach. Yeah, we criticized the hell out of him, but we supported well, him. We, we were clearly right in that. Uh, but yes. yeah, so that's pretty disappointing news. Um, but even though, even so, we we might have one. The fact that we've gone this long and don't have a, 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 an actual coach in place, I think, is speaks to a, a larger issue. And uh, I'm hoping that that we're gonna see some some fun, exciting soccer. Uh, with with players, you know, like I said, we haven't we haven't seen McKinney, Adams, and Pulisic on a team together. Uh, Pulisic's been out injured for majority of of the game since we missed the World Cup, so it'll be really fun to at least see him on the field with his teammates. Um, and then I'm hoping to see progression from Anthony Robinson. Right, I'm I'm I feel good about Yedlin. I feel good about our three center back options in Brooks, Miazga, and and CCV. So I, I love our fullback options, dude. Yedlin, Shaq Moore, yeah. uh, t- uh, Robinson, my, our boy Reggie Cannon, who I tried to slide on his DMs and uh, get him onto the podcast, but it's a no-go. I'm going to try to go through like an FC Dallas official channel how and many, see what happens. How many like, you know, uh, like random podcast dudes you think hit up these U.S. soccer players like, like we do? Oh, a, a few, probably. Do you, do you think, you think more- but Reggie, I thought I got to Reggie pretty early. Do you think more than 20? No. Okay. Less less than five? I'd say seven. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, Reggie Cannon's girlfriend is an absolute babe. He does well for himself off the field, too. Just got to put that out there. I mean, wow. Reggie, uh, 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 Reggie, Louis Figo's got to worry. There's a, new, uh, there's a new young hustler in town, and he's staying at home every night. Let me tell you that. I, I don't think he's in the same town as Louis Figo, though, unless Louis Figo now is in Dallas or Frisco. Yeah, this is probably why Reggie Cannon won't come on the pod, because I'm going to ask him, so how, how, how did you get such a hot girlfriend? I think it's safe to say that Reggie Cannon's never listened to this podcast, so um, maybe, he, maybe he hasn't, you know? But, yeah. Okay, wait, hold on. Would you rather Reggie Cannon have listened to the podcast and was like, these guys are weird, or have never listened to the podcast and will, ne- and will never listen to the uh, podcast? I'll take any listen I can get. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not... I've signed off half these episodes by saying, share this with people you like or share this with people you don't like if you, if you didn't enjoy the podcast. I don't care how we get the listens. Uh, and that, that kind of leads us to our, our little sign-off. Once again, this has been a Own Goal podcast. Really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, Sticking through that that bit of a two three week delay we had, uh, please you know send your emails your questions any aptitude test uh, you know people you want to hear about to owngoalpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at owngoalpodcast. 
Yeah, and I think that's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.